0: Welcome everybody. Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions is back. Today's guest musician and educator is Dwayne White and the topic is Basic Trumpet Fundamentals. We are recording these sessions for the purposes of Clearwater Jazz Holiday Education and Outreach. You will note that you are muted upon entry into the session and during the master class. We appreciate your cooperation remaining muted for the courtesy of others. But if you have questions, we are going to get to your questions. You can ask questions by using the chat feature or by raising your hand. And we have the ability to relay those questions to Dwayne or to unmute you if you'd like to talk to Dwayne. And we will do that. Um, We hope you enjoy today's session. We have many more sessions up on our website, clearwaterjazz.com education. So check them out. We cover virtually every instrument that there is. We have a lot of wonderful uh, local professional musicians and educators that are part of our extended family at Clearwater Jazz Holiday. And we're gonna, we're gonna cover some really great stuff. Your feedback is very much appreciated. And any future session topics that you have are also appreciated because we can make them happen. Please email those top, those questions or topics or feedback to info at ClairwaterJazz.com. That's I N F O at ClairwaterJazz.com. Our guest today is Dwayne White. Dwayne White is no stranger to Clearwater Jazz Holiday. Not only has he performed at Clearwater Jazz Holiday, but he's a big part of our outreach programs that we support throughout the year, including our History of Jazz program, our My Journey with Jazz program, our Young Lions Jazz Master sessions, and more. Dwayne is a professional trumpeter and music educator. He moved to Tampa in 1996 to begin a career as a music educator. He served as a music music specialist at Lanier Elementary School where his colleagues selected him as Teacher of the Year 2004-2005. Dwayne currently works as a counselor with Tampa YMCA Youth Development. Dwayne is also active in several arts organizations, including the Al Downing Tampa Bay Jazz Association, serving as chairman of the Education Scholarship Committee. Dwayne is largely responsible for the Al Downing Jazz in the Schools program, presenting clinics and performances at several school settings in the Tampa Bay area. And Dwayne hosts the Al Downing Monday Night Jazz Jam at the Hangar Restaurant and performs at venues throughout Florida. We have some information for Dwayne. If you want to get, uh, get to Dwayne um, after this uh, session, he's going to be back with us um, along the way. But you can reach Dwayne at DwayneW6 at gmail.com or look him up on Facebook. That's Duane, Dwayne, D-W-A-Y-N-E-6 at gmail.com or Facebook. Dwayne White. Welcome to Clearwater Jazz Holidays Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. The stage is all yours, my friend.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for that great introduction, Steve. I'm uh, glad to be here today. Um, wonderful, uh, wonderful sessions going on now. I'm glad to be a part of that. I uh, always love being uh, in support of the Clearwater Jazz Holiday and uh, the outreach initiatives. I've been, uh, I, as you mentioned, I've been with the program for a long time now. And uh, what we do is has such a profound effect on so many people. I'm always glad to participate in any way that I possibly can. So thank you, Steve and Lee, all of the people at Clearwater Jazz Holiday Appreciate you having me to uh, join the Young Lions Master Virtual Sessions. And uh, we're going to talk a little trumpet today. Um, In the little bio information Steve mentioned, I have been playing the trumpet for, oh, now I guess about 40 40 years or so. Started playing in uh, elementary school, in school bands, and... uh, you know, just loved, loved playing the trumpet and loved what I did with it. And I played throughout school, went to college, was in the marching band in college. I went to Florida A&M. I know there's a couple of rattlers on here. Uh, went to Florida A&M, in the marching band, played in symphonic band, jazz band, all sorts of things. And when I was in college, I really got serious about really wanting to play jazz. And that kind of led to what I'm doing today. Um, So I'm going to start there, although there's a a little uh, detour in my career. Some of you know this. Uh, About a a little over a year ago, I had a pretty serious injury uh, to my lip and uh, didn't play for a while. And I've been playing at this point back again for about a year. So one of the things, one of the reasons I wanted to do the basic trumpet fundamentals course, because it's the basic trumpet fundamentals that allow me to play today. So I definitely wanted to start off with that. Um, And just a little caveat, there's many people out there that play trumpet or teach trumpet there's probably that many ways to do this, but I'm going to go over some things that work for me. Uh, they may not be the way everybody else does it or learned it, but I know they work because they work for me. So um, I would start with a, a few things. One of the things uh, in, in playing the trumpet, the trumpet is a wind, a brass wind instrument. And the wind portion of that is important. Um, I, I heard a, a quote, I forget who it was that said it, but they said air is all around us and air is free. But we playing the trumpet, we have to use wind. And that means we have to give it specific direction and specific purpose. So we'll, we're going to talk about breathing and the breath and how that works because that really is the basis of uh, what we do as trumpet players. So uh, there's two basic parts to the breath. There's the inhale, meaning air going in, and then there's the exhale. That means releasing the air that you've taken in going out. Um, I remember when I I was at FAMU, We had a wonderful instructor. His name was Charles S. Bent. He was the low brass instructor, but you know, even though he was low brass, trumpet is a brass instrument. They function basically the same. Um, And one of the things he used to always say, he he had a saying uh, when we play. We want to make sure we have big round sounds. We don't want small little puny sounds. We want big round sounds. So, sound is something that's always been in the back of my mind, um, you know, in playing the trumpet and uh, achieving the things I want to do on the trumpet. They're all based around. Well, what does it sound like, Um, you know, or am I getting the best sound I can get out of this? So let's let's talk about breath uh, for a quick minute. I uh, said there was two parts. There's the inhale, and then there's the exhale. Uh, one of the things that Prof. Prof. Ben used to say is, you when you want to take in a lot of air, and you want to take it in in a a, a relaxed manner, but you want to take it in as quickly as you can. So he used to always say use the the syllable ooh or o oh to take the breath in because that allows you to take a lot in and uh, he used to always talk about the the plant the uh, breathing cylinder that we have from your mouth it goes all the way down to your lungs and to well, you you can't see this now but like right above your belt buckle so he would say, always breathe to that point. That way you can fill up your uh, your body with air to you. So taking the air in, I've, I've heard somebody say, uh, you know, if you breathe in like you are startled, your, your body nor- normally knows exactly what it needs to do. So when you're startled, your body takes in a lot of air because you have to get ready for that fight or flight response. So if you're startled, you take that big breath and it all goes all the way down to that part where I was talking. So you want to breathe in that manner. So you have all of the uh, air filled up all the way down. And when you release it, when we play, we generally release it to a certain point in what we call our embouchure, or, or the aperture, the space right between the center of our lips. I mentioned about the uh, direction. That's where the direction comes. So if we can, uh, if we can take the air in, and we can focus it toward that space in our aperture, that we're directly in the center of our lips it's almost like you you have a bowl of soup and you try to cool it off. That's what sort of what our armature and our aperture is like. So that's the beginning of where we are. And uh, that's the the first thing that we want to do. In focusing that breath as it comes out through the aperture, that will start to help to produce the sound that we want. So I'm going to take out my mouthpiece. I know lots of people do a lot of uh, mouthpiece work. When I started playing, I was never that person that really did a lot of that. But uh, since I've started, uh, let's say, replaying, uh, I've started doing a lot more mouthpiece work. And starting to get the value of that, so we'll take the the breath in, and we'll try to focus. If you, if, I don't know if you can see this, but in the middle of the mouthpiece, there's a hole. You want to to focus the air right through the center of that hole in the mouthpiece. Now you be you may be saying well how does that work with the sound I don't hear any sound out of that Well the sound will come because your lips will vibrate the the air coming across your lips will cause them to vibrate And when your lips vibrate that's what actually produces the sound <sighs> Now I'm not uh really forcing anything I'm just letting the air pass across my lips and allowing them to vibrate what'm what I'm try- what, I- what I really am focused on is having the corners of my mouth together to hold them in place so when the air goes forward, it doesn't blow my lips apart. You know when the air comes in, it just blows everything apart. I- so that's uh, the beginning of the sound. Now, in working with the mouthpiece, there I, I've started doing like simple things with it. There's there's not a whole lot because what we do with the mouthpiece is not actually really what we do when we actually start playing the trumpet. But it's a good way to get your uh mouth apparatus and your embouchure and all of those things in line to work the way what they would when you do play the trumpet so I started doing a few things just a, a few notes at a time
2: <laughs>
1: just directing the air and moving the air <laughs> little exercises like that focusing on keeping the air going and actually moving it as well and then uh, the the actual pits usually closely when you uh, start buzzing the mouthpiece especially beginners the pits will usually be around low C on the trumpet right beneath the staff Uh, let's see how close that is Uh, Let's see Why a trumpet here Play a low C Uh, That's reasonably in the ballpark And uh, that's usually uh, When uh, beginners start playing That's the first pitch that it usually uh, Get There's usually one of two Either that C beneath the staff Or the G The second line G on the staff note or a C is usually the first note that uh, beginners will start to get out. And either one of them is a good place to start. But one of the things that I've, uh, I, I've learned over the time that I've been uh, relearning the trumpet is a good way of, of building your sound, just like a building. You think of uh, a skyscraper. Right. Building the the skyscraper goes up. Once you see them building things, you know, onto the skyscraper, it goes up pretty quickly. But what you don't see is the months, sometimes usually years, working on all of the things inside the ground, building the foundation. So the idea is the same. You want to build the foundation starting lower and you can build from there. Uh, Mark Zaus is a trumpet player. I've uh, recently uh, gotten some things from some of his YouTube uh, videos that he, he does. He, he's one of those really high note players. But when he starts, what he advocates is starting with that low seat, to make sure you have the feeling of everything in the breathing apparatus being relaxed. And then taking that once you've, uh, once you've started there and taking that as you go higher, so you get the same relaxed, open feeling even when you play higher notes. So that's something that I'm working on now because I just recently found that and it, it has been working out for me really well. So let's talk about uh, something a lot of trumpet players talk about, long tones. It's a way to build your sound. It's one, one of the best ways to build your sound. There's a couple of things to do, but long tones, not the most fun and exciting exercise in the world, but just playing sound so you can get your air support, just making sure the the breath is supported and you get nice, even tones. So i like to start, um, the first note I usually play is that second line G, because it's a nice, comfortable note, mid-range notes, not too low, not too high, nice mid-range, nice place to start. So I'll usually start with that, and there's a few things I'll do. I'll hold out, the, that tone, and, and I won't do it fully now because we don't have a lot of time because this does take a little time. And just hold that note out for maybe 12, 16 counts. And then uh, the, the next, once I've done a few of those and, and it feels good, I feel relaxed at doing it. Then I'll add a note lower, Norman. And again, just the idea is start down low, build there, build that foundation, and then you can go higher from there. So I'll do something like, um, and, and, and I'll do like a half step. So on the trumpet, I don't know if there's any beginners here, but the open pitch, I would go from the open pitch the next note down would be second valve. And uh, if there are any beginners, there's, each valve is connected to a slide. And if you look at them, the slides are different lengths. And what happens is when you push the valve down, it allows the air to go through the lead pipe and into the valve casing. And it goes, when I push second valve down, it goes through that second valve slide and then back in and out through the bell. Just that little extra distance though, causes the pitch to go a little bit lower. So I'll play the open pitch. And then I'll press the second valve down and just that little added distance. Causes the air to go a little bit further, so the pitch drops a little. So I'll do that. I'll do the open pitch to go to second valve, that note F sharp, and then back to G. So so it sounds something like this. And then I'll do that going down chromatically. The, the next long, longest uh, slide would be the first valve slide. So I would go from second valve to first valve, back to second valve. And then first valve, then first valve, then you add first and second together. Both of those slides will add a little more distance. And I would continue that. There's actually seven valve combinations, again, for any beginners here. So there, I, I sort of came up with a little way to remember them. There's open, second, first. First and second, second and third, first and third, open. Open, two, one, one, two, two, three, one, three, all three. So I'll usually just go through that, and and I'll go through it a little quickly now because we don't have time to go through the whole thing. so forth right down to the, all the uh, seven. I'll usually do that to, again, as a long tone ex- exercise to make sure my, my tone is nice and centered and uh, the breath is flowing want to make sure that 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 happens. So in uh, playing the long-tone exercises, again, those are good things. One of the things that I came across recently, uh, some of you who are advanced trumpet players will know this, uh, Vincent Chikowicz, you'll know that name. He was a trumpet teacher. He has something that he calls the flow studies. And uh, I came across the flow studies And the flow studies, in a way, start out with uh, what I was uh, a version of what I was doing. But I've been doing those as well. And those are long tones, but they're really moving long tones, is what he calls them. So those moving long tones uh, help as well. and the air is constantly moving again, but you're using different uh, pitch levels uh, with that as well. I've, I've seen uh, videos of some, some of the great trumpet players, some of the great jazz trumpet players particularly, doing those same things. Marcus Purnip, who plays with the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra, I saw a video of him doing those uh, Chico's Flow Studies he was uh, actually on the road in some uh, European country. I don't remember which country. But he was uh, just walking around doing those studies. The late, great Roy Hargrove, I saw a couple of videos of Roy using those studies as well. So I don't think I'm too far off doing that, uh, you know, if, if players like that use those to uh, – help facilitate their long tones and their uh, sound issues. So um, the, those long tones and the flow studies are have really been important for me. It's been something that I've uh, really uh, learned a lot from. Now, the, uh, the other thing with uh, long tones, the other thing that people usually talk about is uh, sound builders, long tones and lip slurs. Now, lip slurs is kind of a misnomer, really, because it's not really 100% your lips that do all of the work to make that happen. There's a few things that 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 go to work to make that happen. Your lips do play a part of it because they vibrate, but that's the main thing your lips do when you play the trumpet. Their, their main job is to vibrate. So there's some other things. There's your tongue inside your mouth. And this where working with uh, uh, beginners or students, a lot of things happen that you're not able to see. So you sort of have to visualize them. Um, One of the things, uh, again, when I was at FAMU, I I took a course uh, to get my degree, the fundamentals of voice. And you might be saying, well, what does that have to do with the trumpet playing? Well, I'll tell you. One of the things that I got from the fundamentals of voice that, and, and when I was teaching uh, elementary school, I taught voice for a little while, it talks about vowel sounds. And uh, basically, you want to do pure, what they call pure vowel sounds, not blended vowel sounds. I'll, I'll get in that explanation a little later. But the pure vowel sounds are basically e, e, not a, e, a, o, and u. Those are basically the five pure vowel sounds that you use. And uh, in learning those, uh, the, where, that, where that came to me, your tongue inside of your mouth actually does most of the work for quote-unquote lip slurs and lip slurs are basically changing between partials. Partials are just the same fingerings but different notes like if you uh, start on the trumpet just open the lowest pitch normally people will play with C that C I talked about earlier. <laughs> And then G would be the next one. Then they go up. There's more that go up. And each one, each higher partial is a little bit closer to the one before it. The the distance between the first two is a little bit greater than the difference between the second and the third one.
2: To up, the different
1: dis- distance is a li- a li- even a little closer. So going between those is a way to um, using those quote-unquote lip slurs. That's what they call them, so that's what I'll call them. Using those lip slurs is a way to help build your sound as well and starting again the the idea of building from the bottom moving up is what i like to do so doing those and building those from the bottom going up is a good way to uh, to help build your sound as well. There's, um, I, I guess I got a little ahead of uh, doing the lip slurs. There's another slur exercise using the, uh, the chromatic scale. I talked about the valve combinations. Going down through those basically creates the chromatic scale. The notes that are all a half step each note to the next note is nothing but a half step so uh, another way of doing that using that is going from and and they all sort of pivot on the open pit stick. Kind of go through them fast. Usually you play them long, maybe like four counts each. And again, that's a way to build your because you're hearing the difference between the pitches as well because that's that's rather important on the trumpet or any brass instrument you have to in order to uh get a better uh, a sense of accuracy of pitch you have to hear what that pitch sounds like before you play it so going through exercises like that chromatic exercise and going through the lip slurs as well it also helps your ear to acclimate to the different pitches that you'll start to hear. So you'll start to hear what they sound like before you play them. It's sort of, I guess you can call it pre-hearing. You want to hear what it sounds like before you play it. So those are, those are some exercises that again, have worked for me. There are many more out there that I've seen and heard people do and I'm pretty sure they all work too but these are things that I've done that have worked for me so the things that 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 I use so hopefully the it gives you a, a glimpse into some of the things that you want to do to build your sound as well um, l- looking I know uh times kind of uh, yep. yeah.
0: Hey dwayne we've got we probably have about maybe eight minutes left um, okay uh, there there was a question um, that I wanted to share with you, so I apologize okay. for interrupting your your flow of thought but how how, how important is equipment mouthpiece size trumpet brand that sort of thing
1: It is important, but what I will say about that is. You want to find something that's comfortable for you, that allows you to do what it is that you want to do. Um, Most beginners tend to start using a mouthpiece size 7C or somewhere around there. But again, the main issue is you want to get something that is comfortable for you and allow you to do the things that you you want to be able to do with your sound, you know, that's, that's really the way I look at the, um, the decision maker for it, for it. Cause again, we're all different. You know, each one of our, our oral cavities shaped differently. And uh, you know, our teeth are shaped differently inside our mouth. So it's what, what works for me may or may not work for the next person. But again, the, they, it, that is important, but again, the importance I think is you want to find something that is comfortable for you that allows you to do the things that you want to be able to do with the trumpet. Now, there's a little bit of trial and error that comes with that, of course, but uh, you know that's uh, I, hopefully that's a, a good answer to that question because I don't know if there's I don't know if there is one such answer to that question. Because again, it's so. It is a personal
0: thing. Thanks, Dwayne. Also, I know that in early June, uh, early to mid June, you're going to be back with us on some other topics, and those cover using melody and scales. And I think you're also joining James Suggs in the early part of June for a great lesson on why listening to music is important. So I was, I was hoping right, so you, you, you could you could comment on um, some things that you you may be covering in some of those upcoming sessions that may be of interest to the people attending today.
1: Yeah, the using melodies, basically taking simple melodies and using them as basic building blocks, if if you will, for creating an improvisation. Like, for instance, a simple phrase like, Yeah, and you'll you'll recognize this when I play the whole thing that it comes from. So using a simple phrase like that and finding a way to build on that.
2: Like that, and
1: they'll they'll. When you start with a simple idea like that, it's easier for the next idea to come to you. Typically, because if you if you start off thinking this large array of things, it's like where 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 do I go? Where do I start? But if you start simple, usually that will lead you to the next thing. And that and again, those first notes came from. The, the first pitches in that. But just using simple ideas like that to, to create more ideas to build on. That's uh, going to be something we're definitely going to be talking about. And um, using scales, the, the ones using scales is basically the same way. Um, we use scales as uh, ways to build technique. And I know James is going to be doing a. Uh, ways to build your technique, and he's probably going to cover scales in that, but using
2: scales or
1: using portions of those is in the same way as ideas.
2: Just using those as simple
1: building blocks. For I- parts of those scales as building blocks for ideas for improvisation, so we'll be covering some of those things as well.
0: Thank you, Dwayne. So I'm going to give you a few seconds to think of some closing thoughts for this particular session, since we're winding down. As I give some uh, housekeeping announcements, um, if you go, go to ClearwaterJazz.com and you go to our education and outreach page, you're going to see. A whole host of upcoming sessions from a lot of great players and a lot of great topics. Uh, just next week, we've got Butch Thomas on Monday with a basic approach to jazz improvisation with a focus on saxophone. We have our good friend Alejandro Arenas returning on Tuesday with a topic called bass styles an approach to playing swing, funk, and more on wednesday of next week we have the director of jazz studies from the state college of florida pete carney Uh, all instruments welcome for for that one practicing safer at home advanced improvisation with simple tech we've got tyler wortman and frank williams returning next week on thursday basic trombone fundamentals this time focus on tonguing and articulation and these sessions continue now into mid to late june with more being added all the time. So please take advantage of these. These are brought to you by the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation. They are all free. And after each of the sessions, the musicians are also providing some recaps covering the highlights of those sessions. And we'll also be putting those recaps up on the education and outreach page. If you go there now, you can see La Lucha's (laughs) recap from the rhythm section focus, as well as a great, great recap from JJ Padishaw on an introduction to jazz guitar which is phenomenal and we'll be be putting those up. Dwayne's going to be doing one for this session and so it's a great way to stay informed. Um, Like Clearwater Jazz on Facebook and Instagram or follow us on Instagram to stay up to date and subscribe to the YouTube channel and you'll get instant notification of these new videos. So Uh, we really appreciate Dwayne, you being here with us today, and we're excited about your upcoming sessions, which are currently scheduled on June 3rd, June 10th and June 17th. DwayneW6 at gmail.com, DwayneW6 at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with Dwayne and Dwayne, I'm going to turn it back to you for some final thoughts.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Steve. Again, thank you to the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation and uh, the Young Lions Master Virtual Sessions. I appreciate being here. Um, hopefully, uh, people uh, in this session got a little glimpse of uh, just some things, some ideas to uh, sort of spur, spur their own thought. Uh, A lot of times I think what happens is we have things that we think about, but sometimes if we hear something just from a little different angle, it'll help spur some other thought in us. So hopefully that happened today. I hope I was able to give uh, something that would spur that in someone else. And again, thank you all for coming and uh, hanging out with us and, uh, Please continue to enjoy the rest of the sessions. There's there's going to be a lot of great stuff coming. And, again, thanks, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.
0: Thank you for listening to Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. This podcast series is presented by our friends at Marine Max Clearwater. To watch the video of this full session, please visit the Education and Outreach page at ClearwaterJazz.com and click on the studio. You can also learn more about the annual Clearwater Jazz Holiday Music Festival tradition and Clearwater Jazz Holidays year-round education and outreach, at clearwaterjazz.com.